Hi, this is Jen from Grace for Single Parents, where your parenting and God's grace collide. I'm doing something different today on the podcast. I have a special guest with a special message. I have Paul Gray on today, and he's a pastor and an author with a message that changed my life. Paul's message is grace unconditional, love in action for all people. And Paul focuses on helping people experience and enjoy God's love without conditions for all people. He found that knowing God personally leads to enjoying and experiencing life at a much higher level. And Paul's the author of multiple books, and we talk about this today, and he is also a podcast host. And I'll have the links to his books and his podcasts in the show notes, so make sure you check those out so you can find out more about Paul and his ministry. Keep listening to the end so you can win a copy of one of Paul's signed books and the Bible he recommends. Welcome, Paul. I'm so excited to have you on today. Thank you. It's my privilege. I appreciate you inviting me to be here. Yes. So, Paul, I was introduced to you after reading your book, Convertible Conversations, and your book challenged some crucial beliefs I'd held about God for almost 40 years. And although I thought I understood what grace was, I think deep in my heart, I wasn't truly living as though God really had unconditional love for me. I thought that, yes, he had grace for me, but the things I had did, he really didn't have, I still had to earn my way and work my way towards many things. So that also meant that I didn't really give grace to other people very freely. Um, So can you talk a little bit about what God's grace means for us and then from that, how we can extend it to other people because of his unconditional love for us? Sure. Well, grace means everything once you start to understand it. And, and like you, I had no concept of what grace was. You know, I, I sang Amazing Grace and I would say grace at meals and I could give you a standard answer that it was God's riches at Christ's expense, but I, I really didn't know what that meant. And about 10 years ago, uh, God just started revealing things to me through uh, other people, writers and teachers and and speakers, and uh, I started to, to uh, I don't think we'll ever grasp it fully, Jim, but I, I started to get a, a better revelation uh, literally every day of another facet of God's love. It's like a, a diamond, you know, you look at it at different uh, uh, ways and different lighting effects, and you see something different. Uh, well, grace is like that. It's, there, it's just, uh, it's multifaceted. And basically it means that it is God's unconditional love in us and for us, perpetually working in us and perpetually enabling us to be all God has created us to be. And once we understand that, we understand that it's not, it's not our trying to do things or earning grace or measuring up to it, but it's literally God's uh, unconditional love that's just always there and always pouring out on us and in us and through us. And I've come to understand that until we realize that, uh, that, that it's free, uh, that it's for us, that we haven't done anything to earn it, uh, and that no matter what we do, 
God's unconditional love, that's why it's called unconditional, uh, is always there and always for us. Until we come to realize that, it's really impossible for us to give other people grace and to give them unconditional love. But once we understand uh, that God loves us unconditional, unconditionally, not because we earned it or, or did something to merit it or anything, but just because of who he is and how much his love is, well, then we can look at other people and go, well, you know, maybe they said something I didn't like, or maybe their lifestyle is not what I would necessarily approve of or whatever. Um, God loves them as much as he loves me. His grace covers everything with them. Uh, he sees them as his dearly loved child, just as he does me. And it's not because I did something better than they did. It's we're, we're all his children. Then I can start to realize, oh, we're, you know, we're all in the same boat. He loves them. He loves me. Uh, I can give them grace. Hopefully they will give me grace. And, and when we do, uh, the world is a much better place, as you know. Yes, thank you for that. Um, your book, Convertible Conversations, it follows a, um, a man and his wife and his grandson loses his parents from Hurricane Harvey and they bring him in. And through that, living with his grandparents, he um, experiences God and, and his grace through, through some different trials. Um, is that all fictional or does any of that follow your life at all? <laughs> it all follows my life. Does it? <laughs> yeah, I, I said it uh, in, uh, well, actually, when I first wrote it, uh, Hurricane Harvey hadn't happened, but I hadn't published it yet. And, and uh, I, my publisher and I had the same idea at the same time. We were, it was about ready to go to press when Hurricane Harvey hit. And we thought, okay, let's, uh, let's rewrite the beginning of this. Of course, that meant rewriting all the references to it later on. Uh, but I think it, it was a good way to do it. Uh, you know, and, and it was set uh, where this man and his wife, as you mentioned, lost their son and daughter-in-law. And then their grandson, of course, lost his parents in Hurricane Harvey. Well, what happened uh, in our life was uh, my son-in-law, uh, and actually you'll be familiar with this because of the, the round ball bas uh, uh, Jayhawk basketball classic. The first one of those uh, was done for my son-in-law. Uh, he was 29 years old, 10 years ago. Uh, he had had cancer before it came back with a vengeance. And uh, Brian uh, Haney came to us and wanted to do something to help him. That started the first uh, uh, round ball classic. And my, my son-in-law died uh, when, he, when he, he went through a, just a horrific one-year experience of uh, having his leg amputated and then succumbing to cancer. And uh, uh, my, as a result, my daughter and her then three-year-old son came to live with us. And, and they've been with us ever since for the last 10 years, which has been a, a great blessing for both of us. But I've helped raise him in, uh, and he was very, even though he was only three years old, he was very close to his dad. And uh, uh, so I've, I've helped raise him in the, uh, uh, a lot of the things that I write about in convertible conversation are uh, just the expansions of our time together and, uh, uh, helping him understand uh, that God loves him and going through the grieving process and all that with losing his dad while I lost my son-in-law and our daughter lost her husband and all of that. So it's, it's very much my story 
uh, it's just set in a fictional setting. Also in the book, you recommend um, the Mirror Bible. Um, I think the main character gives that book to someone at some point. And then also I know that you've recommended it before. Um, can you tell me more about the Mirror Bible and how it's different from other translations? Uh, the Mirror Bible, uh, it's not, it hasn't been completed yet. Um, probably uh, two thirds or more of the New Testament have been completed. Uh, uh, the guy who uh, is translating it, is, his name is Francois Dutoit. He's from South Africa, uh, and uh, he's a wonderful guy. I met him and spent some time with him. He's just a wonderful guy. Uh, he really has a gift of, of languages. He, he speaks uh, several languages, um, uh, and uh, he, he really has a great grasp of Hebrew and Greek, which uh, the Bible was uh, originally written in, uh, along with Aramaic. Uh, but he also has this understanding of... Uh, of God's unconditional love and God's inclusion of everyone and of grace. And so he translates it uh, from that perspective. Now, translators have a tremendous amount of leeway. Uh, for instance, a, a Greek word might have uh, 15 or 20 different meanings. And so, and, and some of them are not, they're not really compatible with some of the other meanings. So when a translator looks at the original Greek, they literally have the uh, the leeway, if you will, to take which one of those meanings they want and translate that into English. Well, uh, when the when the King James Bible uh, was compiled in in the early 1600s, there were a group of people then who had a specific mindset, uh, and they they uh, they their tradition and their uh, theological background was that God was an angry God and he was always keeping a list of what we were doing. He's sort of like Santa Claus. He's always watching and he knows when you've been naughty and when you've been nice. And if you haven't been uh, nice, you know, it's, it's going to be hell to pay. Well, that's, that's the background they had. So when they translated that, they took a lot of words that could be translated uh, much differently and may, may turn them into words like wrath, uh, different things like that. Um, and uh, the guy who does the mirror translation doesn't do that. He, he comes at it from uh, what what I believe, and he believes is, is a historically more correct way of what the early church believed. So uh, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great translation, and it helps me understand the heart of God much better than, than any other translation. Yeah, that's, that's helpful. And also so interesting as well, the more I read the Bible and dig in about how the different translations came to be. Yeah, there, uh, uh, you know, and there, there's no perfect translation. Uh, right. And um, there are good things uh, from all of them. Uh, there are some that uh, I encourage people to, stay away from <laughs> uh, because there's some intentionally bad. I'll, I'll just give you a real quick one. Uh, the word that we translate repent, mm -hmm. uh, that the original word there uh, means to change your mind, to, literally to change your mind. And the way it was used in the New Testament was change your mind about the fact that God is distant and aloof and keeping a record of your wrongs 
and uh, is impossible to please, change your mind into believing that God is good and loving and full of grace. That, that was the initial uh, original use of it. Well, uh, in some of the first translations of the Bible, back in uh, around 325 uh, years after Christ was born, the church, then the Catholic church was the only church, and they were in this big, huge building project, and they were building these great cathedrals, you know, all over Europe and stuff, which took a lot of money to do that. So they, there was a guy by the name of Jerome who, who did a lot of good things, but he, he did some intentionally wrong things too. He translated uh, one of the first versions, uh, it was translated into Latin, and he used the word uh, penance. And they said, you know, when you sin, you need to go to the priest and confess, and the priest will determine how much penance, money, you need to give to the church which was what supported all these building projects, provided the tremendous amount of wealth that the church now has in the Vatican and paid the priest salaries and all that. Well, that went pretty well for a while, but then they needed more money for more buildings. And he changed the word to repent, as in give even more penance. And we have, we have many, uh, Many English people have continued to translate that word. The word Greek word is metanoia, which means to have a radical change of mind, have continued to change that to repent, which has nothing to do with the original meaning. And that's caused a lot of people uh, a lot of uh, trauma and uh, false teaching. And so it's, uh, uh, it, it, it's really good to learn about those things and know about them and see where the where the translations came from and that kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, do you have any last words that you'd like to say to encourage anyone who feels like maybe God's grace is for everyone else, but, but for them? Repent. Change your mind about that. No. <laughs> <laughs> have, have, a, have a radical mind change and come to realize that God's unconditional love and grace is for everyone and you know what i what i asked this is what i did and i what i encourage people to do is just get in a quiet place you know uh, no social media no tv on anything like that get in a quiet place and be still and just say god tell me is is this the truth do you do you really love me is your love really for me and then just to be still and to listen and I found that uh, uh, sometimes we, we're, we've got such false beliefs in our minds that it takes a while for us to really hear God's voice. But when we do, you'll hear that still, sweet voice saying, yeah, I love you. My grace is for you. Uh, you're my child. You're my beloved child. And uh, no matter what you think you've done, it's disqualified you or whatever. It hasn't. Uh, my love is unconditional. It always will be. That's great. Thank you. Where can listeners find you and find more information about just if they want to hear more about God's grace? Uh, I have a, a Facebook uh, group called Grace to All with Paul Gray. Uh, I have a, a website, uh, gracewithpaulgray.com. And uh, on my website, I have all my blogs and videos and posts. Uh, and, and I do a uh, uh, twice weekly podcast called uh, uh, Grace to All with Paul Gray, where uh, one day uh, on Tuesdays, uh, 
I do a teaching round, and then on Thursday I interview different people. And uh, so I'd love to have you all check it out. And uh, uh, I'm so glad that you invited me to be a part of this today. Yes, thank you for coming so much. And I'll have links to all of that. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. I hope you enjoyed listening to Paul Gray on the podcast today just as much as I enjoyed having him. If you're anything like me, learning about thing of grace with God is a little confusing, and there's so much to learn. Just like Paul said, looking and learning about God's grace is like looking at a diamond. There's so many different ways you can look at it and so much to learn. We're never going to learn everything there is about God, but that's no reason not to keep learning. It's amazing everything we can learn about him. I've got an awesome giveaway for you that one is Paul Gray's devotional. It's called Grace Is, and it's even signed by him. And the other is a copy of the Mirror Bible. I have a copy at home, and I'd like to give you a copy as well. This is the Bible that Paul was talking about during the podcast. So I'd like to give both of these, both the devotion, Grace Is by Paul Gray, and a copy of the Mirror Bible to one of my listeners. All you have to do is rate and review this podcast and then take a screenshot of it and send it to me at jen at graceforsingleparents.com. I'll choose a winner within the next week. Good luck and thanks so much for listening.